Hey there, boss. This is Jeff Mendelson, host of the One Big Tip podcast. And I am so excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program, where I teach you how to fast track your lead gen by having more conversations with your targeted clients, even if you have no list, audience, or paid ads. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero, and let me show you how to be the superhero in your own business. I am also actively seeking guests for this podcast. If you know someone who is currently six figures or more in their business and they have an actionable, tangible, and measurable tip to share, please let them know about it. Just go to onebigtip.com slash guest for information on how to be a guest. I can't wait to hear from you. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. My guest today is Gabriela Pulido, who is the founder of Scalto, a creative consulting agency that serves niche markets. Gabi understands how, how difficult it is for firms to scale their business models. She created a framework called the Ex-Alto program that helps B2B companies grow over time without exponential costs. Focusing in on the Hispanic and Latin American market, Scalto is helping businesses grow from a branding and communications perspective. Gabriela has worked with major household names such as Nestle, Insegnio, and the Miami Symphony Orchestra, just to name a few. So this is going to be a real exciting conversation today. Gabriela, thank you so much for joining me and welcome to the show. Well, Jeff, Jeff, thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to the one big tip. Thank you. So I want to zoom in here. First of all, about your background, you know, how you got to be so awesome today. And also, I'm really interested in learning a little bit more about the niche markets that you serve, right? Because, uh, you know, as I told you in the pre-call, like I've also lived in, uh, in Latin and South America for a little bit. And I've seen a little bit of the differences between, you know, like how things are marketed in Mexico versus, you know, versus Brazil or Argentina or even to the Hispanic market here in the U.S., Right. And I find that there are some pretty big differences that you need to, you know, that you need to keep in mind. Uh, uh, tell me a little bit about about your business and how you make it so awesome. So thanks. So the idea of having a one company or a one nation company is, is different. I mean, as you said, coming my background, coming from Latin America, I was born and raised in Venezuela. Then I, I lived in New York and then I came back and, and currently in Miami. The basis or the background comes from, or my background comes from uh, trying to help solve problems creatively and the way we connect and communicate in different uh, spaces or different geographies is, is, is you have to understand who you're talking to and what your problem you're solving for. And when I started off, I started in branding and then I pivoted once I migrated to Miami, I pivoted towards uh, more in scaling companies just because I think coming into the into the realm of growing and and the essence of a business of things and what is exactly hurting the company or the or the entrepreneur came about more naturally to me and and that way and you were you went and you also were in mexico I've, i have worked in mexico peru ecuador and, and and all the regions and every country every company within that has a a definite need or a def particular aspect or angle and that you would need to understand. I don't know if that answers your question. You know, it does. You know, one of the interesting uh, buzzwords that I heard, you know, when I was exploring 
you know, how things are marketed differently, not only across the United States, but also, you know, across the region is that you're not necessarily translating a message. You are transcreating one, right? When you get into the mode of transcreation, right, where you're actually localizing it, you know, not just for language, but also for regional differences and things like that, like that can really be a differentiating factor for companies as they're moving into those markets, right? Absolutely. I mean, you were in Mexico. You you say uh, aguacate in, in Venezuela, but you say avocado in other countries. It's it's the same fruit or the same piece, but it's called completely different. Even concepts, even constructs. So you need to really um, hone in into what is happening in that market and make, a, make it a statement that actually connects. And, um, and for me, it it, I, I'm super curious about what it makes a difference. How can what are the levers you can pull in order to to achieve the objectives that the company has or the and you were saying mentioning that I I particularly go into the B two B play with fintechs or financial services companies and that's particularly hard in terms of getting to the right who are you talking to and what is their pain points what is what's hurting what is what keeps them up at night what's happening and and might be different and 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 they would go here in the u.s they would generalize oh the hispanics no there's not just thing as, a, as like one runoff hispanics no there are nuances and one of the things for instance in latin america they it's very common to have like the politics of things it's very complex politics and so they the rule of law they most of it most likely they can challenge it or they're not going to trust it so how does that translate into your savings or, or your account so you see need to get into what's happening into that market what's happening to that person and then and what stage they're at because it also changes and then that message is actually you you can like you're saying create or yeah the co-create with them the the message that you need to deliver you know, one of the biggest things that was interesting for me, you know, living in the region was the whole idea of people's relationships with some of the tangible or intangible things that we live with every day. So, for example, um, here in the United States, I, you know, we definitely have a different relationship with money, you know, with currency, you know, than you would than you would in country. And then when you break that down we're not just talking about different socio socioeconomic factors. We're talking about all kinds of different ways, you know, that, that people can actually use it. So for example, in Brazil, my wife can buy anything and break it apart into 10, right. into 10 payments. Right. Which is something, which is something we just can't do here, you know, in the U S like if I just, you know, if I walk into the store, go, you know, make 10 payments, they're going to look at me like, you know, like, what is this? We don't offer that, <laughs> you know, or go get your own credit card and you're done. Right. And there are other places as well where you really need to understand, you know, what financial services are available, you know, so that you can get people to relate to them. Right. And that's how you get these. Uh, and that really helps you in creating your promotions and making things seem cheaper than they really are simply because, you know, that's the way it's being presented, being presented to the consumer. Well, absolutely. Now you're saying it, it's just like, once you're there, you all the things we take for granted in the U.S. that they don't happen there. They, they're you're talking about financials, medicine. There are many different realms of, of of things that you take for granted here. That you have water, you have electricity, you have internet access, and maybe not. Maybe you do 
the thing is, what's surprising for me, it's amazing. I, I always get on in terms of how they, uh, how we manage to overcome those difficulties and even leapfrog in solutions. And solutions are multiple payments. You're saying payment options. You're saying digital currency adoptions. You're saying all the things, all the things that are happening in, in our markets that is is way farther ahead from what's happening in the U.S. or or first world country countries and you see that out of necessity you see many many things and 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 from my end in terms of communications and, and, and consulting it's just like okay how might you see the growth options yes you see trends in the us yes you see trends in europe but then you see things within the country the entrepreneurial spirit is happening in in chile in colombia and venezuela even uh, you see things happening that you say oh my god this is this is amazing how you can solve like a rapi in Colombia and you see Mercado Libre in Argentina, you see things happening way ahead of their time. And, and that, that's exciting because then you, tr you come, become a, like a citizen of a world as opposed to Latin or Hispanic. You see how you might adopt different trend or different things that you can accomplish or you can introduce into your business model and then you can scale from that. Amazing. I am endlessly fascinated every time, uh, you know, I travel or, or even, you know, like where we live in South Florida, right? A lot of the culture down here is bilingual, right? You'll see billboards in Spanish, right? As you're driving down 995, you'll see, you know, like different advertisements where they're, you know, where they will be either hyper-targeted or moderately targeted, you know, towards the population that lives here. Right. And they could be very different than what you see in the Northeast or in the Midwest, you know, things like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. And and even that we're what we're living, it's the Miami tech scene, what's happening, all the people that are coming in. I've, I've been here for five years and the transformation of Miami has been amazing. But then you also see people coming from Chicago, New York, and, and you see coming here. It's like you need to speak Spanish. You I mean, in order to be in Miami, there's a need, there's an absolute need to be, to understand Spanish or, or, or understand the nuances of this culture, because this is, they call this the capital of Latin America uh, for some reason, because there is a, there, there's a, a joint uh, culture system of many, many countries ha happening here. And the Latin aspect is, 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 is big. But then again, you see companies from like say Colorado come try and come in here and they're trying to understand it. We want to get into the Hispanics. Okay, Hispanics here are more Latin. And this is a different aspect. It might be third or fourth generation in. But then you also see first generation in, into the U.S. So there are different nuances that we need to take care of. But the, but yeah, I don't know. How, what's your take on the Miami tech scene? You know, what's interesting is that now we have our mayor, uh, Mayor Suarez, who is all in on Bitcoin. And he's actually establishing Miami as the, as the Bitcoin capital of the world. So uh -huh. we now have the Miami right. bull, you know, take that New York. Right. So it's like, it looks like this, uh, like this transformers looking crypto bull. So it's actually really cool. And what's interesting is that, you know, like the ecosystem of what, uh, of what is appearing here locally, right. Is, uh, is really starting to balloon. I think part of it, um, you know, part of it is like, this used to be the best kept secret you know, in the U S you know, like why would you pay astronomical prices to live in San Jose, California, when you could buy a really big house over here in Miami for about the same price that's changing by the way. But 
it is definitely nicer to live here than I think than in other places around the U.S. And I think it's easier. I think, you know, it's like if you need to go to the Northeast, you know, where the financial capitals really still are, you know, it's a much easier flight than coming from the West Coast. I think we're geographically very well positioned. And also I think it's, you know, I think it's a better creative environment. You know, it can really help you open up and you know, think differently, especially when you're exposed to all these different, to all these different cultures all at once, as opposed to living in an, into some, you know, homogenous community where you have to read about these different cultures as opposed right. to. Right. I mean, for me, it has been amazing in terms of, of I'm, I'm part of the Endeavor mentor. I'm part of a mentor at the Endeavor. And to see the evolution of it, the, the level of entrepreneurship that's happening these five years, that's not about 10 years. It's not only like two or three years happening into it's 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 booming it's thrilling if you go to winwood if you go to the nft um, conference that they had two weeks or i don't know a month ago and you see everything is happening um there's a vibe there's a there's um people excited optimism despite the word the r word recession um that people are coming this is this this is different and and from the other end from my world, from Latin America coming in, because I I also help a lot of companies coming in from uh, Colombia and Latin America, even German companies want to come into the uh, to Florida market, is understanding what is happening. That nuance that you can't, it's not a one blanket solution. You need to understand what target are you going to and who are you, uh, what problem you're solving. And that, that was good. It's, it's a good approach to seeing being here and experience it, it's amazing. So for me, it's great. You know, I want to segue deeply into that point because you created a framework that helps companies articulate, you know, and understand what it takes in order to brand and, you know, and to communicate, you know, within these markets. Uh, can you talk a little bit about it? About, like what's involved? Like what are the main points? Like how can companies really, uh, how can they pivot their their communication so that they are talking correctly to these markets as opposed to just talking blind and seeing what so sticks? The other way to approach this is um, when do clients come to me? So come to us and help. Like they, there's no, they don't have a clear north. They don't know where they're heading or they have this narrow-minded or direct laser focused solutions and they're not looking into what are the growth options they have. So that's for us, it's like, okay, once you're there, we have this program that we can help you with, which is trying to articulate what is your growth strategy? What is your mind scaling mindset? And then most likely you're going to know what's your why it's invoked that Simon Sinek had widely popularized the, the concept of what's your purpose? What's your why? We help companies understand that. Once you get that, you understand where you're growing. That gives you leverage. It's like, how do you magnify your vision? And say, okay, this is what I'm he- where I'm heading. And everybody knows. It, it, Jeff, it's amazing. Every time companies come here and then maybe they, they want to go be everything to everybody. No, you have to narrow it down. And that's our first um, pillar of our, our Scalter program. Once you know where you're heading and you have your uh, scaling mindset, in place, then you go, what's your narrative? What's your story? What are you telling? How are you telling? How are you embracing that communication and to whom? And, and from that, we go in the thought leadership. We understand where, what are the concepts? What are the levers? What is your key pillars of communication that you should have? And then you analyze whether your brand 
whether your brand is in, in sync or not with your with your narrative and with your story and with your um, growth opportunities you, you're foreseeing. So maybe there is an evolution of your brand, transformation, or even refreshment of your brand. But not only your logo, because for many, many years, brand has been an equivalent of logo. It's much more than that. It's, it's your identity, it's your name, it's your colors, it's your typography, it's your messaging, it's your website, it's all the things that you know how to do also, Jeff. But then once we, we have that, we go into, okay, what is your marketing strategy? Where are you heading? And then we go and see, your, once you have that narrative, you say, okay, what's your journey? What's your experience? And that customer journey, that's obviously very, very much popularized. But for me, it's very, once you have the, a mindset of having the journey in sync or the journey without broken links, then you actually have your statement, where you're heading, your narrative, your story in sync with what your customer is experiencing. So that's in all, that's in a nutshell, that's our program. What a great way to, you know, to articulate it, right? Because really what you're doing is that you're leading, you know, you're leading them down a path that makes it, uh, that makes it easy to understand what it is that you're going to do and how, you know, and how you're going to implement that. Can you talk a little bit about some successes that you've had with this? Like, uh, like, I don't know if you can name a company, but, uh, you know, maybe just illustrate for us, you know, like a, you know, a case study where a company did approach you, you were able to help them, you know, start at point A and get to point B, you know, in a, a, you know, in a successful fashion. Yeah, the good thing about it is that I can talk about what success is and what we've gone through. So for instance, Mercantile Bank, I know uh, it was a bank in, in South Florida, home base was initially in, in Venezuela and they had to pivot. They had to change to a local, to, to have been the U.S.-based uh, company. And they called us and said, okay, what's their strategy? Where should they go? And, and the strategy was that we turned it into a community bank, more in a community bank, servicing the community with the values and trying to translate and transfer the, the values that they had as a corporate many hundred plus years in Venezuela. So the idea coming into the U.S., um, we did the whole uh, strategy and then we, we went and figure out, okay, what is the one thing that we need to change? We need to change the name, the identity, because it, it needed to portray more in the community bank in terms of South Florida and, uh, and Texas. So we changed the name, uh, going to Amaranth Bank, and we changed the whole experience as to how would you streamline. Yes, you had the cafecito event before, but now how you translate that culture into these new markets. That's one of the projects. And it was nearly done in less than nine months, which is great. Um, another program that we're currently working with is a prop fintech company called eStating. And they're coming in, it's, it's, it's very targeted into um, financial and wealth, man, wealth uh, financial advisors in terms of having this concept, new construct, new concept into this platform into the real estate, exclusive real estate, and, and putting this into the scene of, of, uh, of making it accessible to smaller scale um, financial advisors in terms of uh, what is the offering, what is the the prop the, the property and the tech side of it in, in place? So we're doing that. 
activating in different um, channels and with the, exactly the same thing. We're doing what is the thought leadership, what are the concepts, what are the constructs, what are the, the pillars, and from then we transfer that into the different channels and activating that. So it's been success. They've been super happy and pretty uh, successful at it. And there are many others, Insignio, which you mentioned at the beginning, which is also a wealth management firm. And we're doing an NFT platform generating NFTs for for influencers. And we're doing it's it's a realm of, of things that this the beauty of this our blueprint, our, our program is it can be brought in into companies willing to scale. It's not for companies willing to close down chapter 11. No, it's companies that have the, they don't understand what are the levers to scale. And we do actually, with our framework, with our way of connecting the dots, we get into the right uh, strategy, narrative, and experience. Oh, what a great story to tell, you know, that you're able to help all these companies, you know, be able to pivot, you know, to change from, uh, you know, especially from a Latin American focused bank into a very American focused community bank. I, I thought that was uh, particularly interesting. I didn't even know that Amaranth had its roots in, uh, you know, in uh, Mercantile. So, you know, I remember both that, you know, I remember seeing the first one and, you know, just wondering, well, what happened to that? Well, they must've got bought up. So, but then, you know, just knowing that now it's a pivot is, uh, is actually very interesting. And the branding, you know, you see it all over the place here is actually very powerful. So, you know, that's something very visual, you know, that you're able to see on your work, even when you're driving down the freeway and you're able to see, you know, your work up on a billboard like that. So that's great. Uh, Gabby, can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about your company and how they can reach out to you directly? We have our website, SCALTO.com. Um, you can reach me at LinkedIn, also Gabriela Pulido. Um, you can reach me, and and here also in, at Scalto, there's a WhatsApp channel that we can access any com- any questions. And the the thing is that we we can activate very easily uh, scalability um, assessment for your company or for your stage where you're at, and we can give you insights as to at the very beginning to understand what are the levers you can pull in terms of where where can be your action points faster to, to, to get into the scaling mode on. Amazing, amazing stuff. Gabby, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a lot of fun. I love nerding out on this stuff and I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with the audience about, about some of the successes that your firm has been involved with. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you too. Best of luck. Thank you so much for listening to the One Big Tip podcast. If you're a six to eight figure entrepreneur, business coach, or speaker who would like to be on this show, we need to talk. The audience for this podcast is hungry for experts and professionals who want to share their knowledge with this world. So if you're ready to share your actionable and measurable One Big Tip, please go to onebigtip.com slash guest and let's get your story out there. I am also crazy excited to announce my new Agents of Pod coaching program. With this program, I show busy entrepreneurs the strategies that I use to have warm conversations with my dream clients, keep my calendar book solid, 
and consistently have potential clients at the ready, all anxiously waiting to speak with me every single week. Head on over to agentsofpod.com slash hero and let me show you how to be the superhero in your business today. Lastly, I have a huge ask for you. Could you please share this with your audience on social media? The stories and connections that I make on this podcast have helped thousands of people, sometimes in the most profound ways. And you never know if your small action today will be the one that kickstarts your friend, a family member, or even yourself into taking massive action and starting the next multi-million dollar business. It'll be your way of just paying it forward. My name is Jeff Mendelson. You can find me on all the major social channels like LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening.